The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. It failed. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope for victory. The year is 2260. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 66, Shadow Dancing, in which Dr. Franklin's walkabout comes to an abrupt end and a major battle is fought against the Shadow Fleet. Hello and welcome back to The Name of the Pod, your Babylon 5 podcast for exploring the enduring cultural legacy and just good old chats uh, about the program <laughs> Babylon 5. We're six, 70 episodes in. I'm running out of things to say at the at the opening here. I'm Chris Tatro and uh, over there is my co-host and friend. I'm John Cassick. Good grief! Is, is, is this unusable already? Are we uh, thirty seconds in? Yeah, I think I, I think maybe Chris, if you and I went on walkabout together, we'd, we, you know, we we might be able to pull something out of this. I don't know. I, you've I, you've lost it. We're not even I, in, well, in. We're, we're having we're having nice chats about the show. What? Yeah, and, yeah, and we're chatting. Else that pops yeah. into our brain. Yeah, right. We're chatting yeah. about this show. We chat about sci-fi TV. We chat about whatever's exactly. on our mind. Exactly. You know, <clears throat> this yeah. and that. The other thing. Mostly. The other uh, thing. You know, in in the uh, mm-hmm. you know in the pre-show, dear gentle listeners, Chris and I have come to the conclusion that we uh, we have a, we have different perspectives a little bit about uh, yeah about this episode, and uh, you know the segments that Chris found, yeah, these aren't kind of working for me. He, mm-hmm. he I liked, and the uh, segments that I thought were nah, these aren't really working for yeah, me. I'm the- Chris liked so. Yeah. This will be a different kind of episode, perhaps, where we are actually are sparring about, uh, you yeah, know, about I'm some the, of this content. I'm the frosting side, and he is the uh, uh, the the shredded wheat side of your of your breakfast cereal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm healthy, uh, and you're uh, jittery sweet. and you're yeah. tasty. Yeah. Okay, we'll say sweet. Yeah, that's, that's fine. By yeah, me. exactly. Yeah. So basically, in yep. in this episode, what are we looking at? We're looking at uh, a, a proper engagement between the mm-hmm. uh, you know the army of light, and uh, mm-hmm. you know in the shadows, um, and we're looking at the end of Doctor Franklin's right uh, walkabout. Okay, and I thought better of the mm-hmm. space war. And thought less of the Dr. Franklin walkabout business and, you right. know, you vice versa. Right. So, so there we yeah. go. Um, so, uh, which one do you think is meant to be the A? I think the, I think the, the, the space battle part is the A of this. I think, yeah. I think the, the resolution of Franklin's walkabout is, is necessary to kind of wrap that storyline but uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't think it. I don't think it carries an A. You know, I, I don't know. It's also, given the amount of time that's dedicated to it, it's not really a B plot though. It's it's almost like we've got two B plus plots, kind of, kind of moving right. alongside or, here. Well, look, your your contention about the sort of the the space war mm-hmm. segment right was big and flashy yep kind of interesting to look at yep but substantively 
filler. Right. Right. Because it's connecting. It's connective tissue. Right. Maybe calling it filler is unfair. Yeah. It's connective tissue. Right. 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 And, I, and it doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. It it connects all of the threads that have gone before into a nice, tightly woven sort of piece of rope that feeds us directly into Zaha Doom. Right. And and I definitely okay. get that. That in in particularly in the penultimate episode of a season, you have a lot of kind of arranging the chairs and setting things up for you know, for the the big action that's going to come in the in the the final episode of the season, um, you got you got a, a lot of pieces that have to be kind of put into place. You have to do a lot of cleanup from what's gone on already so far in the season. Um, you know, uh, for, cleaning for, cleaning for up sure. the walkabout, getting the League of Non-Aligned Worlds on board. Um, you know, setting up the those those sorts of pieces, um, and, and 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 I think the episode definitely did those things that you know it needed that things that needed to be in place um but i don't know it just it 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 didn't feel like the episode accomplished anything really on its own if Uh this were if this were part one of a two-parter you know which i think you probably could see it as but you know that then then maybe or if this were the first you know half an hour of an hour and a half episode or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. It yeah just, it's almost like this should have been a should have been a television movie like War Without End. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you know because the way in which this episode, you know, and um, you know, and the next, you know, Zahadu being the last episode of season three, the way in which they are connected. I mean, c- clearly, they're they're, they're seen mm-hmm. by JMS as as one thing, right? Okay, you know because we get the Anna Sheridan reveal at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. right? And you know just to telegraph from from what's coming, right? We more or less get the last ninety seconds of Shadow Dancing at the beginning of Zaha Doom, mm-hmm. just so that it's like don't think that even a second has passed. Yeah. These are the same thing, right? right. And you know, to, to Babylon 5's great strength, and we've talked about this over and over again, it is fully committed to its serialized long-form narration. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, we've seen plenty of episodes of say Lost or you know, Battlestar Galactica or Game of Thrones where it's like this is connective tissue, right? right? This isn't this isn't this isn't the stuff, yeah. Right? It's it, it it's interesting in and of itself, maybe mm-hmm. or maybe you know maybe it's less interesting, right? But you know, we're, look, we're waiting for, yeah, you know, we're waiting we're waiting for the red wedding. We're waiting for, you know, the you know the big battle against the night king or yeah, you know. We know that Cylon ship is hanging out there, mm-hmm. right? We know mm-hmm. they're toying with us, right. that kind of thing, right? right. And and you know, maybe that's part of the, you know, part of this is that I wanted I wanted more, uh, more significant things to happen, and they're all going to happen next week. 
Yeah, yeah. As, as opposed to as opposed <laughs> to happening now. Um, right. You know, this is right. this is more of, of getting everything in place and getting everything ready to go. Um, and you know, I, I certainly don't mind a big space battle. Um, this was a right. and this was a good one. It wasn't as yeah. good as like severed dreams. I don't no, think it was up to no, that it level, wasn't. but it was still a good, a good space battle sequence. Um, you know, an, an, right. an all out between the two forces, which is which is always nice. Yeah, I remarked on a couple of a couple of things as I was watching it. Think about where the technology was when this program started, mm-hmm. and think about how hard it would have been to accomplish what they did. Effectively mm-hmm. in this episode, mm-hmm. visually, mm-hmm. You know, even two years previously, it's unimaginable. Oh yeah, you can see the difference right. between <clears throat> this and if you go back and watch the Gathering, you know, or, or any yeah. of the first season episodes, you can see how far the technologies come and that they know how to use what they have better. Yeah, right, right. So uh, you, you've got to give, in my mind, significant props on the technical side. Mm-hmm to the staff that JMS has brought on board to do the art direction mm-hmm. of this work because these ships look good. They look good in motion. Mm-hmm. They look good in motion against that background. Yes. The tactical display looks good, right? In other words, all these places where maybe in season one we would have struggled a little bit or it would have just been, it would have been undoable, yep. you know, as, as intended they've they've come a, they've come a long way and we look at the sci-fi programs that come after it we look at um, some of the space work that they did in DS9 we look at you know sort of your farscape and lex uh um galactica mm-hmm. looks slamming right still right yep you know, we, we we you know, you and I have both done a rewatch of Galactica, basically in between our work on here on season two and three. Yep. And Galactica still looks dynamite. And from my perspective, space opera wise, I mean, you've got you've got three shows that form your set of clothespins, your nineties. Dynamite space opera mm-hmm. is Babylon Five. Yep. Your two thousands dynamite space opera is Galactica, mm-hmm. and in the two thousand tens, it's The Expanse. Yes. And you know, w- w- how did you put it in a few episodes ago? Come at me, internet. You know, <laughs> right. fight me. Yes, fight me. Bite you know? me, DS Nine. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, and um, yeah. and I think that that this that this episode is exactly the kind of thing that you have to have in a space opera, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For, for a space opera to kind of, kind of really work the way, that it, the way that it's meant to. Yeah. That's why those Expanse books are so great, because they, they, they do such a, such a dynamite job of narrating, mm-hmm. of telling, you know, these, the, you know J- James S.A. Corey, the two authors yep. who are one, right, do such a great job of, of describing, right, that almost anyone... You know, you and I, who don't know, don't do and know anything about television production, could probably pull off making the expanse look good by simply look reading the pages and translating it. Yeah, right. Yeah, they so, they they really do. They they lay it out. You know, very descriptive. They they clearly have a very 
good image of what every what all the tech looks like in their mind mm-hmm. as they're writing this mm-hmm. book. And mm-hmm. and I think it's mostly translated into the screen fairly uh, you know fairly uh, consistently. The Rocinante doesn't look as much like a wedge with a giant engine on the end, you know, as, right. as it's described in the books. But uh, my God, that's a beautiful ship! Um, it's a beautiful ship. Yeah. 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 Uh, you, as you were talking, I, I was remembering that just a couple of days ago, I found a link. Somebody loaded up onto Vimeo, and I'll send you the link after we're done here, and I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Um, it's raw, unedited visual effects shots from Babylon Five. Uh, oh wow! From it, and it's basically all the a, a lot of season three ship battle sequences or ship sequences. Oh wow! And it's you know for the DVD release, this says the the shots were cropped to widescreen, blown up, uh, went through conversions, and it basically degraded all the effects. And these are oh, wow. this is like this is like the the pure stuff going right into your vein, and it oh, is wow. it is beautiful. And and of course, this episode's going to come out in like three or four weeks. Uh, so I'd imagine that everybody listening has probably already seen this, but, uh, but please go and take a look. We'll, we'll post it on the Facebook uh, page, a, a link to this. The, this stuff just looks phenomenal. And I think there was, I, I think that there was just a lot of, you know, a lot of damage done to the, to the images in the first in huh. broadcast and then compression for, for DVD and stuff. I don't know video editing and video tech, but right. Um, but yeah, this stuff looks. I mean, the the, the clips, and it's it's a, just a number of short clips. But it's um, so 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 good. The 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 collision between the Earth cruisers from Severed Dreams is like, mm, just keep giving me that yeah. all day long. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see yeah, this. Yeah, I'll send it right over to you. Yeah, um, I thought some some of the takeaways mm-hmm. from the from the space from the space battle. Um, I loved seeing all those white stars yeah. doing their thing. Yeah. Right? Um, and so maneuverable. Uh, you know, right. These, right. These ships, it, it, you basically, when you look at the Earth ships, they're, they're constrained by, by Newtonian physics. And, right. And the white star ships give you the sense that they, they, they just, they, they do not care about new, your Newtonian physics. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I sneer at your yes. Newton. Uh I um. It was a little shocking to see a Mimbari ship cleaved in twain. Yeah. Right. That was that was an alarming uh, you know outcome. Um, did you notice the Narn cruiser? No, I don't think I saw. Yeah, there, the, the, it was only on screen for about three seconds, so the, but it but was it's there. The one they only have one. Oh yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, I was uh, I was like, come on, they gotta put it in here. Yeah, yeah. Right. They've got to have put it in there, and there it was, right? Uh, you know, as uh, mm-hmm. as expected, mm-hmm. or as hoped for, I yeah. guess I should say. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you know, the we we took two for every one. Mm-hmm. It's a bit. It's a bit alarming. It is. Right? What does that mean? You know, how many did you have? That kind of thing. Right. right? You know, what were the what were the numbers on both sides and is right. is taking two for every one is that ex- i mean is that kind of an acceptable range of loss or is that right. you know i mean sheridan says we did okay so it's clearly didn't get absolutely shellacked but that's right but 
it wasn't it wasn't like they had 40 ships and the shadows had 10 and so okay yeah we we you know we lost two for one we're still we're still okay right you know right uh, and it, right. it does make me wonder you know how tightly the league is going to stick with them after this battle are there going to yeah. are there going are these losses going to you know going to break the alliance apart before it's really even had a chance to to get going right um, and and we don't have any idea what the what 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 the size of the available fleet for the shadows is at all i mean who knows right you know, right we'll come back to that after watching zahadum okay good see john's okay. watched zahadum i haven't watched it yet um so so he's uh, he's got secret yeah. knowledge from the future right yeah it's fresh in my memory yeah. and it's uh it's degraded oh. by 15 20 years of of uh, nutrisweet of nutrisweet <laughs> in chris's yeah. <laughs> in chris's memory yeah. yeah um so that's kind of you know that's kind of my you know my my argument right yeah. you know i i like the parallel structure mm-hmm. of the external conflict mm-hmm. between different kinds of possible futures mm-hmm. that's represented by the army of light and by the shadows right mm-hmm. being mirrored in dr franklin's own inner struggle between different ways of thinking about himself right, right. i like the parallel structure of that mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was kind of nice mm-hmm. um and I totally see your point about the the space battle sequence being this sort of connective tissue or you know or filler. We didn't get a lot more of the development of a kind of relationship between Marcus and Ivanova. We already sort of knew that Marcus was well, I think was, we, you know I, was enamored. I think we okay, did, and, and maybe I'm feeling maybe as I'm talking about it, I'm I'm actually feeling a little more generous toward that. Uh, this this half of the episode, you're you're swaying me with your uh, silver tongue and buttered words, uh, <laughs> and hot buttered words. Hot buttered words. Um, th- there were a lot of good character moments. Uh, the you know the that that interaction where Marcus says the Minbari greeting. Uh, right. You know, kind of. I thought that was rather nice. Yeah, kind of tipping his hand uh, there, and the you know the the the. The gag with the with the beds was amusing, right? Um, right. You know the, the the fact that I don't think has Susan Ivanova had a a full night's sleep in three years. I think she's constantly like interrupted and woken up. You know, it seems There's like no evidence that she has. It, like, it, it, and it must be a running joke. It's like, oh, I got to put in a scene where she gets woken up here. You know, she's always right. being woken up. Um, right. You know, the the best part of that. Yeah. Right. And I and I'm saying this to you as a New Englander, yes. as a New Englander. Uh-huh. Right. You know, there's a little bit of a sort of New England Russian cross cross, uh, you know, oh. cross wiring. Oh, no okay? doubt. No doubt. Right. When when Marcus was like, well, if it takes a year, Susan, how old are you going to be then? Mm hmm. You know, I, in other words, I'm calling you yeah. on your poopy pants downer baloney. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't a fan right? of that. Yeah, I figured you'd probably yeah. take umbrage with that. Yeah. I've lived so long out here in California yeah. with all of this oppressive sunlight and, and warmth. And cheer. That, <laughs> yeah. And cheer. <laughs> yeah. That my, my, my New England sensibility has, uh, you know, I haven't gone all heat miser. 
but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I never the, want to see a day that's under maybe forty degrees. Mm, right, ah, you know, it's just getting yeah. right here. It's, you know, we've had we, it was up to fifty early in the week, and that's just wrong for December. Right, you know, won't have it. I'm too much, but I'm bump bump. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, all right. So, so that's that's kind of my yeah. my argument. And I've been yakking for yep. for twenty minutes. So that's fine. so make the case for the other oh, A plot. The pressure's on now. Okay. Um, well, we needed we needed to have the resolution um, of the walkabout. You know, Stephen needed to he needed to see himself in a in a more detached way and be able to take something from that. Um, I'm not entirely sure it worked, but I, I kind of like the way that they went through it. Um, when he does meet himself, little on the nose there, you know, you're talking about sort of a, a spiritual meeting of oneself and you actually have the, the kind of, you know, split screen, somebody else in there, you know, you're, you're, you're the actor in there twice. Um, I heard his father's voice entirely in the oh, in, yes. in the do you know and the fact that he was wearing his uniform was uh it was was a nod to that as well but there was there was definitely a lot of of uh the general in there uh, basically lecturing him on you know don't give up and and I think you know the the final the, the outcome behind all of this I it feels like Stephen went into it trying to find another dimension to himself okay. that that honestly I don't think was there. And I think at the end of the day, he accepts that because he says, I would do it over again. He doesn't say I would do everything differently. He says, I would right. do it again. I think he's, he's come to accept uh, who he is, um, but he also realizes he has this tendency when things get tough that he he bails, you know. I I I, I think back in um, in uh, Gropos. I, I think that his his father even said something like he he took off. He, he went off to the mm-hmm. you know, to the to to study medicine instead of doing. You know, he, rather than than actually working out the issues and confronting his father and dealing with things, he chose to you know peace out and go mm-hmm. and do his own thing there. Mm-hmm. And and really, I think the biggest lesson that he learns from the walkabout is that going on the walkabout was a huge mistake. Um, that he he mm-hmm. when things got tough for him, rather than rather than dealing with his addiction, rather than dealing with you know what are my friends going to think of me here, and kind of working through that those kind of shame issues, uh, right? He just bailed, and and he left them really in a lurch. And you know, it's it's the moment where he looks up from his bed back in med lab and he sees how everybody is having to scramble like triple time mm. uh, that so that he realizes that, you know, what he's, what his actions in leaving have, have done to, to, to everybody else. Yeah. So walk about as yet another selfish indulgence. Yeah. Right. And that's, I, the, the, I resigned mm-hmm. lest you would fire me. Mm-hmm. And so, in in so doing, elicited your sympathy in the in an illegitimate cause. Oh, and by the way, 
um, save myself from being fired, which is what should have happened. Right. Right. You know, that that kind of that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Right. You know, quit quit lolling about in your own blood, you whiny baby, self-indulgent with your foundationist BS. Mm-hmm. It in e bloody enough. Yep. And right. I'm I'm you and I'm so tired of you. <laughs> I don't even want to I don't even care if you live. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and, you know, tying back to our conversation five minutes ago, you know, that that appealed to me more than the, you know, where will you be in a year from now? Uh, you know, the, 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 the Stephen Franklin in my own head uh, constantly telling me, you know, drag yourself up off that floor. You know, you're not really hurt. You're just been, you know, stabbed brutally. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's a significant motivating factor here. Uh, yeah. So, so I don't know. That's in that sense, that part of the story and the fact that it, and it it felt like it wasn't too on the nose, or or other, I mean, other than talking to himself, it wasn't too, um, it wasn't too direct in what the message was. Uh-huh. You know, my my first reaction after that was, oh well, he's back in med lab and you know overextending himself when he shouldn't be, and he hasn't learned a darn thing. But I think what he's learned is that he should be there overextending himself and, and he can do it and he doesn't need the, the crutch of the stims or he doesn't need these other things. He can, you know, he needs to, to find the strength within himself to, to, to give that rather than to be sort of doing these things in a way of taking. Yeah. You know, there, there actually was, I think some wisdom from him at the very end where, you know, he makes the point I was living a life where I was doing mostly more. Mm -hmm. And what I've come to conclude is that I really need to do not more, but better. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I thought that was, that resonated for me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I can definitely appreciate personally this sort of, call to do more mm-hmm. uh, as a kind of inner narrative that I would rather not have to talk to all the time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, uh, I think that that leisure in and of itself, you know, well, uh, idle hands are the devil's playground, this sort of Puritan kind of nonsense, mm-hmm. right? You know, I, and John will frequently you know, we were in we were in Maui. We were in Hawaii, mm-hmm. for God's sakes, right? And, and you know, I did my little thing. You know, like, well, what are we doing, right? Yes. And he's like, "Would you just enough? You know what we're doing? What we're doing? How long will we be doing it? I couldn't really say. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of you. Yeah. We were in Maui. Yes. Right. I mean, I can't even do it in Hawaii. Can Can't right? you just be? Do you always have to right. be doing? Oh, do you always have to be an active be? verb? Oh, yeah. no, no, mm-hmm. no. Super hard. Yeah. I, I Super hard. I agree. You know? and, and, you know, a lot of, most of the vac- the vacations that I go on end up the same way, where, yeah. you know, they, they get overplanned, and then I, I end up not feeling like I have any amount of relaxation at all. 
Um, right. So yeah, I don't even know what that is. No, right on some level, it right? Because I don't, I don't feel comfortable with it. Right, you know, I feel, you know, as a as you said, I feel uh, like I'm wasting time. You know, the 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 you know idle hands. Yeah, right. I, I idleness is the worst is the worst enemy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you know, you 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 and you know, and Allie and our our friend Gail mm-hmm. mocked me maybe a month and a half ago, after I just had a surgery that I was struggling to recover from, right? And I was like, oh, God, I just feel like this year is turning out to be totally unproductive. You know, and you were like, oh, well, yeah, I guess you've only written two books this year. Yes. So shame, shame. I'll walk behind you ringing the bell. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. right. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, to the point, you know, you said earlier in this episode, well, this is, this is what episode seventy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, that's that's sixty plus hours of of content. Yeah. It doesn't make even even if even if we're not particularly good, it doesn't make itself. That's true. Right. That's true. And uh, you know, uh, uh, so that part of of sort of the Franklin journey. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, I could, I could accept. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and it kind of resonated with me. Yep. The piece that didn't work of the Franklin half for me. Yep. Was. Yep. And I'm sure it didn't re- work with you either. Is the, the tourist family business Good at the beginning with, with, you know, mother Veruca Salt. Uh, <laughs> that was, right. uh, you know, oh, don't touch the unclean people. You know, they. Yeah. You don't know you don't, where that black person's I been. I know. Yeah. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. It was, you know, it, it just, it, I don't, I don't know what was, what JMS was trying to do with that scene. Yeah. I don't really get it. Yeah. Um, and I wondered because the, the, the mother was credited. I think she was like the first name in the, like the guest starring list. Right. And, right. and, you know, she's, she's the, and the kid and the, and the, and the father don't get named in the credits. Right. Uh, I was looking on IMDB like, well, who was she somebody that you know, was, was this sort of a significant guest role kind of thing. Right. right. And I don't see any evidence of that. So. Right. You know, I, I guess it was just, maybe it was trying to say that, you know, this, this man who once had been a doctor and a member of the, of the, you know, the, the earth force military. And, and now he's indistinguishable from the riffraff and the low life of, it just, yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I think, and you know, I'm just gonna say it sort of gently and not necessarily riff on it mm-hmm. too much, but I think what didn't work for me wasn't the messaging, which I think was resonant. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, for this to really land. You have to really be able to act the hell out of it. Yeah. And I just don't think. It, yeah. I, it was, it was, you know, it wasn't I, written I, with I, any subtlety and it wasn't delivered with any subtlety. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just don't think that Richard Biggs. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you meant the mother. Is I, I. Negative. No, okay. no, 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 no. You mean, no, you mean I'm, the I'm whole. Sorry. I, no, I. Okay. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I think he's come a long way, mm-hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. And his character is written much better, and he is more skilled now than he was. Mm-hmm. But I think he was just given more than he could manage, mm-hmm. and and it just it does it didn't land mm-hmm. right because there has to be a a level of being able to sort of transfer a kind of real emotional connection and it read a bit like soap opera acting mm-hmm. to me um, you know I've been thinking about you know, I've been sort of thinking about other examples of this kind of thing um, in in some of the other genre television mm-hmm. right that we that we watch um I'll cite I'll cite two examples of where I think it kind of maybe worked a little okay. a little better. Okay. Um, in season three, the last season of Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. Where we have the uh, we have Firestorm mm-hmm. that's going to depart the program, mm-hmm. right? Because Victor Garber's decided he wants to go back to Broadway. And he's done. Yep. Okay. So you've got Victor Garber, who's, a, you know, a preeminent actor of the age. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's doing sort of goofy and fun stuff on Legends of Tomorrow, but don't mistake him, right, for, it's like sort of, you know, Gandalf, uh, right. you know, you know, in Bilbo, don't, <laughs> don't mistake me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. Yes. Right. You know. Yeah. And Victor Garber can really act the hell out of anything you give him, right? Franz Drame is 25 years old, mm-hmm. right? The other part. Now, he's yeah. good, mm-hmm. right? But when when you pair them with each other, right, Victor Garber is just going to be able to outact Franz Drame because Franz Drame is not 60 years old. Right. Right. Right, yeah. The, and the, the you know, pathos, he'll get there. The levels of pathos in that in that scene right. were, were you know, I, I, I think I watched that back when it first aired, and I, I yeah. That struck yeah, me. and there was some good stuff mm-hmm. there, right? Yeah, um, you know, we uh, we were talking a little bit in the pre-show that you know I'm also watching, uh, you know, Arrow in season six, right? And there's sort of a sequence where Stephen Amell's Oliver Queen and David Ramsey's John Diggle are are just attempting to destroy each other in words, mm-hmm. right? And you know they are, they are, the same side of the same coin in so many respects, right? That when they're when they're doing that, it is like one character is speaking directly into the soul of the other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They know each other so well, right? It's like this thing with Stephen Franklin coming to see himself, right? Yeah. And, um, and it was just it was so much more, uh, you know, effective. You know, to me, um, I almost would have wanted Paul Winfield to come back and speak as though he were. Yeah. Stephen Franklin. I mean, that would have been sort of an interesting, you know, what does it look like when you meet yourself? Well, it doesn't have to be so on the nose, to your point. Yeah, it could have been. Right. His father could have been his father directly. Right. There's this ghost of Christmas past, future and present thing Mm -hmm. that he could have done. Right. Give me Stephen Frank. Give me another actor playing Stephen Franklin at age twenty, mm-hmm. right? At age thirty and at age fifty, right? 
yeah. as he's hallucinating in his death spiral, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the you man know? that he could become if he stays on this path. Right. It's it's yeah. uh, you know it's yeah. a Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Yep. You know it's it it's uh, it's it's all that kind of stuff. It's a Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. right? Maybe we could have had something like that, and it would have it would have resonated a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, that's um, that's absolutely fair. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it is yeah. what it is, right? I, I just, I, you know, I found myself, despite myself, three seasons in, actually liking Stephen Franklin a lot more than I thought that I would, and that I remembered that I did from yeah. back in the nineties. Yeah, I, I, I'm completely with you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, I like him. I'm glad that he's come back. Um. I loved all of that Jerry Doyle stuff around yep. the, the uh, you know, I loved all the Garibaldi stuff around the Franklin stuff, yep. right? You know, this is what you expect from, you know, you know, when, when real, real manly men who are friends, er, you, <laughs> you, 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 you deprive me of 30 credits and I, yes. don't you dare do that again to me, Stephen Franklin, you know, right. you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, you know, that, that's, that's good. And frankly, Sadly, a reminder yet again in season three that, you know, kind of, my, you know, my down note for season three is where's Jerry Doyle? Yeah. Right. Give yeah. me more Jerry Doyle. And I thought there was a lot of. There was a lot of pathos to me right in the very beginning with Jeff Conaway mm-hmm. and Jerry Doyle talking about, well, you've got to, you know. You can't reach him. He's got to reach out to us. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff Conaway's story about his personal story about drugs is so despairing, mm-hmm. right? That to give him all of that dialogue, mm-hmm. I just felt like, oh my word, you yeah. know, you know. I mean, that must have been hard for him, right? Hard to deliver, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a human being mm-hmm. to 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 channel that yeah. in that way, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Two minutes about Anna Sheridan, or do you want to? Yeah, we do can. You have well, else? I mean, the, I, yeah. yeah, we can. We can do that. I have to say, I was, I was disappointed that it, that it was spoiled in the opening credits, and I think I was disappointed in 1996 uh, when we watched yeah, it. Yeah, you know, right. It's like, what do you, you, you sort of gave away the, you, know, you gave away the big, the big surprise, but you know, it's it's all Actors Guild regulations and yeah stuff. sure sure and, and sometimes there's sometimes there are shows that can that can do that where they they don't list somebody in the credits and they they pull a, a surprise cameo at the end or something and and manage right. to, to, to duck the, i don't know if the rules have gotten more flexible in the last 20 years but uh yeah i don't know uh yeah that i mean i yes i knew she was i knew she was there i knew who she was playing but if it had just said you know and you know and featuring melissa gilbert you know if it hadn't said as anna sheridan yeah, right, you know, right. If, if I wish they had done that, because especially because we saw Anna earlier in the season, and it wasn't Melissa Gilbert. Right. So, you know, they, right. they, they could right, have, right. They could have, uh, could have preserved that a little better. Yeah, for sure. But, but geez, talk about, you know, they're, 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 they're sitting around waiting for, you know, the shadows are, we're sitting ducks here, the shadows are going to hit us. We've, right. we've now painted a giant target on ourselves, and... Uh, and they've weaponized the most dangerous thing to <laughs> send for Sheridan. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's great. That's how uh, the shadows work. Yeah, exactly. And that's going to pay off huge, yeah. you know, in uh, 
in the last episode mm-hmm. of uh, you know of season three. Oh. Um, I think it's a pretty good episode. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it it was good. It did what it needed to do. Um, but I, and it, it did I, advance. I appreciate the, your critique. Things. I appreciate yeah. your critique. It just, I guess it didn't. It right. didn't really land for me again. Because probably because it's in a season of such strong episodes, yeah. That that if you didn't sandwich it, does, it, it doesn't with, help, if right? If you didn't sandwich it between two really really solid pieces, then this would be a strong episode in and of itself. In season one, this is a barn burner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wish that they'd paid off Stephen Franklin maybe two or three episodes earlier. Well, he wasn't gone for that many episodes if if you yeah. take if you take war without end out yeah or maybe extend it i don't know it just felt like timing wise mm. it didn't it's like why now mm. right i guess it didn't feel like it timed right to me yeah which is just me being weird i guess mm. you know um fair enough so dear listeners we've got two episodes of name of the pod left for season three but only one episode of babylon five left next week will be uh zaha doom mm-hmm. a barn burner um and then of course our season three wrap-up and then we go on hiatus for uh you know five six weeks mm-hmm. as we generally do we'll pick up in season four you know sometime in uh you know in early 2019 that's the plan uh, that's the plan so, uh, folks, you know where to find us, uh, you know, uh, the name of the pod in any old search engine, Facebook, come and share your perspectives, yeah. thoughts. Tell us what and, shows we should uh, be watching know. in the, in our downtime between the, uh, between the seasons. Totally. Yeah. yeah. We need to get a poll done on yeah. that. I need to fill uh, up my, be- my, my watch list on Netflix or, or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, once, uh, once John and I finish with Arrow, which will happen presumably this weekend, mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to watch. Well, I should be very shortly finished up with I, I've, I've, dear listeners, been going back and watching the original Star Trek, many of which I've act- right. I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen. Um, right. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the the Sargasso Sea of late season three, um, and this isn't even a Sargasso <laughs> Sea. This swampy. Is, this is a swirling, uh, you know, you know, one of those like Scylla Charybdis kind of, you know. Yeah. I, I, my ship is going to be dashed against the rocks any moment now. Yeah, um, and please dash it against the rocks soon, soon before yes. I have to watch the next episode. Right, but right, once because it, this, yeah. God bless. Once I've wrapped up with that, we ha- we have to start watching the animated series together. Oh my God, it is which I've it never is seen. So good, it is so good. Mm-hmm. It's a little campy sometimes. Bah, early seventies campy. Right, early seventies animation for say? children campy. <laughs> sabotage. What? Sa- sabotage. Yeah, mm-hmm. sabotage system. You just watched uh, that which survives. Yes. Which has uh, the Merryweather is the, Catwoman, the peerless mm-hmm. Lee Merryweather, uh, who is good in everything. Yeah. John and I went to a um, one of these local Comic Con sort of things here in LA, mm-hmm. maybe a maybe a year ago, mm-hmm. right? And there she was signing autographs. Huh. You know, hair yeah. as white as the Winter Queen herself, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, she's probably seventy five years old. She looked. Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I would cast her as Catwoman again today, right? And she would be fierce. She is so fierce, uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. I think all those actresses who played early Catwoman, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we got? Julie Newmar. Yep. Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt. Come on, yes. Eartha Kitt. Give me a break. Yep. Just have her read a phone book. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Precisely. Right? You know, I'll watch. Yeah. And Lee Merriweather, dynamite. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's been a hard part to cast ever since about 1968. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think if there have been any good ones. Well, folks, that's for our Catwoman podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on Zahadu. Jeez Louise. <laughs> see ya. Bye. <laughs>